Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon here with Clay Norman and Jarrett McKenzie and uh, Kelly Lynn. Yes, sir. That's what we got. All right. So that means it's my case study time. Uh, it really is. Why do you get so excited for this case study? Because really I'm bossy like and I get to yeah. well, tell I guess. you. She, she, it's the Kelly Lynn show She's starring Kelly time. Lynn. Setting these up for us. Exactly. Okay, this week we have a a couple, Serena and Woody, uh, 61 and 65, respectively. They saw their family home soar in value, much like everyone else. Um, They bought their home for $250,000 in 1999 and just sold it for over $650,000 with more than $500,000 in profit. So they are looking to buy something much smaller, you know, now that the kids are gone um, and newer, of course, you know, to, to last um, for around 400000 which we just discovered is pretty much the yeah. national median, you no know, um, but they want to pay cash so they can avoid having a mortgage payment. Yeah. While Woody could retire, so they got the assets, he currently has no plans. Serena's also still working. And they figure over the next five years or so, they can build up their liquidity for Woody's eventual eventual retirement. And without a mortgage payment over their head, they figure they can live on less for a few years before Woody turns 72 and starts RMDs. You did say less, right? Because it, it sounded like lust for a minute. No, I, I did I don't say less. I think l- anyone's <laughs> going to be trying to live on that. <laughs> less? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you for the clarification. I, I, I'm learning, okay? Oh, okay. I'm yeah. still learning how to speak on air. <laughs> All right. You're doing great, Kelly. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Yeah. Hang in there. So, uh, Jared, I mean, interest rates are, are higher than they've been in a while. Is that, you know, is that they a wise are. thing? You're going to save 4.56% <laughs> on buying a home with your cash. It's not as enticing as they were a few months ago. But, you know, that, that kind of a, a rate is certainly easily offset by a number of other assets that you know could generate income and i'll oh, say no. that's that's kind of tell the, me the answer is no aren't you <laughs> well you know all, all of these things there's a lot of this is a very dynamic issue but no i doubt. will say you know for one i think it's important to note that look they, they bought the home for 250 they sold it for 650 and while they they made more than 500 in profit because they probably paid that mortgage down uh and and made it uh what, what it was at the time that they sold there's still between the difference between what they sold it for and the basis was not greater than 500 so the beauty is they don't have to pay any tax on any of that because they have an exemption of $500,000. As long as they buy another house, right? Yeah, well, no, no. Even any primary residence that you sell and and don't make more than the exemption amount, which is all 250000 for all of us individually. So if you're married and filed jointly, then you'd get a 500000 No matter what you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right. it's not like a, an exchange where you've got to put it into a like-kind property. Okay. You know, uh, but so you'd have all that to put into another home. And a lot of people do, which look, it's not a bad idea to consider this because not having a mortgage payment would presumably leave you with more cash flow each month that you could then invest. But at the same time, that's going to be very incremental, very low amounts, you know, over the course of time. Whereas you're looking at potentially, you know, half a million dollars here that you might look to dump into another investment uh, while still being able to acquire the new home that you want. And as we were talking about on the break, 
there's very few assets in life that you can say, I'm going to give you 20% of its value and you give me the entire asset so that I get the benefit right. of the growth of that asset. So to be able to do that and then put the other 80% to work, let's say, if I put down 20% of those proceeds on the new home, then I've got 80% left to put into another asset that would ideally generate some income and, you know, in large part, probably set off, offset the uh, mortgage payment, but at the very least, offset the interest rate or the cost of capital on your new mortgage. Because, I mean, let's face it, most people, they get between 2 and 4% in dividends. And if your effective interest rate on the mortgage is, let's say, you know, 4% at this point, well, you've covered the cost of that capital almost entirely with just your dividend. Forget what the investments you might buy with hmm. that does. So now you've got two assets working for you. And even though you've got a note, if that other asset you bought is generating income, and helping you pay down that that note, well, you, you've got you, you're going to be better off long term with two assets than one. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. In almost every scenario, unless you just make a bad investment. Yeah, there's probably a little more to that too. Because uh, how liquid is a house? That's, Can you sell a house on the turn of a on the blink of an eye on a daily basis? Can I even tell you how many times I say this? And I know you, Clay, you've heard me yep. say it. We talked about it with clients together, and it's like. Go back to 2008 and put yourself back where we were then. If you dump all this money into an illiquid asset, the chances of you find a buyer for a home in an, in an uh, environment like that is slim. I said, or I typically would tell them also, but I promise you I can find you a buyer for your Coke stock or your Walmart stock or your Procter & Gamble stock. And you're probably not going to like the price in that environment, but I promise you between all the broker dealers out there, mm-hmm. there will be a market for that stock and I can go get money if you need it. You're probably going to have a really hard time finding a buyer in an 08 environment for a home. So it's extremely illiquid. We've been talking about a couple who are nearing retirement, uh, looking to sell their house or just sold their house and uh, they're going to buy another one, newer house. And they want to see about doing that with cash. And uh, You know, they made a good profit and I mean, if they made you know, five hundred thousand. Sure. They buy one for four hundred thousand. They still have cash left over. Yeah. Invest. Some and of they that, have no maybe. mortgage. Yeah. I mean, I see why they're thinking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Save four point five percent. Put it in that bank account and doing. I mean, awesome. Oh, You're yeah. going to get almost two percent on that money. Not to mention the tax break, like you said earlier, when you've got a mortgage, it's just bringing that cost of capital down even more. Because that's true. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, Jared, I've I've talked to a lot of folks about the same situation, and <clears throat> truly, I know you guys talk about benchmarks and whatnot to to clients when they come in and. Uh, you're sitting across the table from them. One of the benchmarks that I think of more often than not is inflation. We've got inflation right now. 7.8% was our last measure. I don't know how long that's going to persist, but I really do believe that the Federal Reserve, our central bank, is uh, motivated to get that fixed. Uh, Longer term, you're talking maybe 2% as an inflationary target. And and I would hope to see that they get back to that. It might take 18 months. It might take longer. I hope not. But uh, either way, I think that's probably the best benchmark. If you think about it this way, if you're saving money, we have the Hensler 10-year rule, so any assets that you wouldn't need 
uh, for spending needs within the next 10 years, we recommend that you put it in, uh, that you would need rather for the next 10 years, we would recommend that you ha- you put that in a safe fixed income type investment. We try to get uh, a rate that would be equivalent to inflation. Obviously, right now, it's an impossibility. You would have to take so much risk in fixed income <laughs> to get to there oh, and yeah. leverage it and all kind yeah. of other things. So at the moment, it's nearly an impossibility. But uh, over a long term, you want to you want to mark time with inflation so that you can protect your purchasing power, right? But in order to grow your wealth, you have to make more than inflation. If we look at long-term historical returns on the S&P 500, a, a portfolio of 500 stocks, largest in the domestic economy, um, it has returned 10.5%. So even at current inflation rates, you could still grow your wealth. Why in the world would you want to take a lump sum and throw it in a house that generally grows at about 3.5%? Yeah. And on top of that, has liquidity issues, which, my friend, Mr. Norman, is going to tell us all about. <laughs> right? yes, That's yes, right. Sir. Tell well, us about it, Clay. Yeah, once, once you're getting so close to retirement like this, liquidity is a big thing that you're going to need because, you know, in your working years, you've spent most of your time saving to that retirement account and then now that you're about to retire you're getting to the point where you're spending from that retirement account so it's it's a whole different ball game there um and if you put all of your money into the house there's only two ways you're going to get it out you're either going to sell it or you're going to do a cash out refinance later in life and I kind of doubt that you're going to be able to do that at a better rate than you could do it at today. Yeah. Or True you could do a reverse mortgage. I well, mean, that we've too. had shows That's about a good that. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> That's <one>. a good <laughs> point. Yeah. It is an option. It's it an, an option, option, and it takes a very unique circumstance for it to work. <laughs> That's right. Well put. There we go. That's right. Yeah. But either way, it's an illiquid asset. It's one that you're exactly. not going to – I mean, you know, you hear the story about – your brother-in-law's sister's aunt's uncle who put their house on the market for a price that seemed irrational already and sold it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. It happens, but it's not the norm. Right. Well, and, you know, in a situation like Serena and Woody here, too, I think we run into this with clients often where they don't yet have that mentality like Clay's talking about because they're not in retirement yet. They've still got a paycheck, so they, yep. feel, you know, they feel a lot differently about this type of thing because they still have income. But I've seen as people transition into retirement – they begin to feel differently about this. Even a couple of clients have questioned, why did I do that? Because I, I, I did lose a lot of money that I'd otherwise have access to for spending. And, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, if you have a mortgage, you have an additional liability. But if that also means you've got more money in the bank or in other investments, well, your net worth doesn't change when you do this, but you will have better access to liquidity because, to your point, Troy, it's going to be hard to find a buyer for a house, especially if there's a, if it's a tough economic environment. Oof, yeah, where, that gets really tough. Yeah, I mean, if you just had, let's say, stocks that you bought with that, that those additional proceeds from sale, the, there's going to be broker-dealers like a J.P. Morgan, like a Merrill Lynch, you know, big broker-dealers that make markets, and you'll be able to go and sell the stock. You may not like the price at, right. at that point in time, but it's well, just more liquid. I mean, isn't that part of the reason that houses and real estate in general are less liquid? It's because they don't really have good price discovery on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. while you might be anchored to your cost, the market has moved out from under you. And, and right. here you're trying to sell a house that might you might have bought, as Kelly Lynn wrote yeah. down, $400,000. It, you know, the market falls apart, and you yeah. might have a $350,000 house oh, when easily. you try to go li- you know, liquidate. Actually, I, and I just 
I'm sitting here, I'm listening to y'all, and I just connected some dots. The non-financial person just connected some dots here. There we go. <laughs> Listen to this. So if you take money out of your retirement account for liquidity, that's tax deferred. So you're paying tax on that, right? Yep. But you just said early in the show that the profit that they made off that home is tax exempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't pay tax if they're under that exemption amount. And it's after tax money too, so if they're so not. So kick the tax can down the road. Always. If you're in a situation like this. Look and at that, the non-financial person <laughs> connected right. some dots. That's yeah. a great point, because too many people don't consider that piece where it's like, yeah, if, like if you don't do this, Maybe you're pulling more from your retirement accounts, which is going to give you a tax bill earlier than what you'd otherwise have it, because you're not required to start taking money from those accounts until age 72. Right. You know, so it's it's a very big deal when it comes to this, because also, and this is my favorite part about it, it's like, if you, if you decide to pay cash for the house, then you're essentially betting, whether you intend to or not, that that asset is going to outperform any other asset that you would buy with the money over the course of time. Right. And maybe it will. There will be certain periods where the home's maybe have a better annualized return than last couple of years they have been really attractive i mean we've got over 15 percent uh annualized return on just Mm -hmm. the appreciation of homes right you go through a recession no matter how what size and they do come from time to time quite often because people raise interest rates right and and Mm. you see a slowdown in the economy uh you know if that should happen uh, it's going to give a little back. Yeah. Well, Long-term yeah. average, about 3.5%. So so why would you essentially make that bet, quote-unquote, when you can buy both assets? I put down 20% on the home. I still acquire that whole asset. I still get the benefit of that entire asset. I like that role. argument. That's yeah, a good but one. Jarrett, I mean, markets, I'm just taking the devil's advocate position. Markets <laughs> are really volatile. Oh, sure. Sure, they are, but it's still an asset over time. Like if you're buying quality investments, like the the apples of the world and Walmart's and McDonald's and sure. you know Procter and Gamble's, those they pay dividends enough. At least most of them. I know Apple doesn't necessarily pay this yeah. much, but most of those type of investments are not only going to be safe over time, but they're also going to pay enough to offset that cost of capital sure. while also providing you, you know. That's an awesome idea, by the way. I, I love the fact that, you know, you can you can generate income with your portfolio mm-hmm. that could be used to, to pay something yeah. like a mortgage. Now now you're just back to, if, if you've got enough dividend income or whatever kind of income that comes from the assets you buy offsetting the cost of that money, then all you're really doing is giving that, that money you didn't pay in cash up front back to the the lender in little increments. Yeah. It's it's already covering the cost of capital for you, so now you're just giving it back to them in small amounts over time. Meanwhile, a lot of that is working for you, and you've got the benefit of two assets growing instead of one, which again, to me, while the homes are good investments, I wouldn't want to just own that, because I really don't think or, or can even see how in the world a home's growth annually over time could keep up with a company like an Apple or a Google or a Microsoft. Or yeah, or the next one that hasn't even been named yet, right. but it'll yeah. be here in five years, I'll assure you. 100%. Oh, and especially yeah. not when you're doing it at the top of the market like you'd be doing Absolutely. right now, too. That's yeah. something we hadn't yeah. talked about. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, timing is, is important, but we try not to time the market. But in reality, either way, I mean, here's the thing. Clay, how old are you? 27. 27, young man, uh, half my age. And uh, Clay, when you invest your own money, what do you look for? I I look to grow it. I mean, I'm looking to save it for retirement. Yeah, but um, you like those dividends too, don't well, you? I like the dividends a good yeah. a good bit as well. Yeah, um, what's your portfolio done lately? Well, this year, Troy, um, thanks to your help with the research department, it's <laughs> up about seven percent on the year. Up seven so. percent, and the overall market's down about the same. I was about amount. to say it's down about that amount. Maybe. Yeah. 
Right. A little food for thought. Young man, Just 27 saying. years old, <laughs> loving him some dividend. That's I true. like that idea. Oh, yeah. But uh, the thing is, we've talked a lot about um, uh, how, you know, this couple looking to kind of buy a house with cash and how we don't think it's the best idea and for various reasons uh, many in our opinion uh but you know jared we were talking about having an asset in uh you know financial investments that could offset the uh the the potential if things did go awry nobody can forecast the future but if right. if they could i mean uh in order to do that we would recommend a 10-year rule right and uh, absolutely if yeah. you don't know what the 10-year rule is clay's gonna let you know that but before he gets to it let me go ahead and give you a phone number if you have questions about this or anything else related to finance you can always give us a call hensler financial our number is 770-429-9166 call you can ask for clay norman or you can ask for Jared mckenzie either one of them can help you out with all that yep. so clay Tell us all about the 10-year rule and how it might apply to the situation we've talked about today. Sure. So the basic idea of the 10-year rule is you would put 10 years worth of um, spending needs into cash and fixed income, and then you'd put everything else into growth assets, into the stock market, for example, um, to help you know grow your assets over time. But the idea of the 10 years worth of spending needs is it's there you know, you won't have to sell stocks if we end up in a down market, and it's not a good time to do so. Um, so you've got coverage for that. You're not taking that risk. And I think that would apply really well for this mortgage question. Sure. So you take out that big lump sum or you don't put it into the house, for example. Um, you keep 10 years worth of your mortgage payments and cash and fixed income again, and you let the rest grow. Um, and then that way, you know, again, you're not at risk of having to sell stocks when the market's down. Um, so in its most simplistic manner, if you if all they have now, it, it, you know, the, the couple's still working, uh, still generating their own income, but they know that this mortgage is going to be a need. If you just wanted to set aside enough money to pay off that mortgage, that would be simple enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you get a little more complicated, it requires a financial plan, does it not? Absolutely. And that financial plan, the way that it works, you have to go back. Instead of just taking their word for what they spend, you go back and look at the numbers, right? Yeah, absolutely. You figure out how much they actually have spent. Sometimes I'm sure you get surprises from from the client. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. Like, I spent what? Yeah. Uh, but uh, you go back and you, you figure out how much they actually spend on a monthly basis and, and forecast that forward into the future and then – bring into account things like inflation and taxes and uh, their assets and how you would manage it, right? Yeah, yeah. The 10-year rule is very important here because you don't want to get yourself in a situation with this where you've got to start selling investments to just to pay your mortgage. Right. You know, I mean, like Clay said, we right. set aside 10 years worth, let it pay the mortgage itself, and over the course of time, as your other investments do well, you trim some of that and replenish the 10 years that you had set aside for the mortgage payment. So if things do go awry, then you've got at least a 10-year period to figure out how to address it. And again, if you're not making very risky investments, or at least you're, you're investing smartly in, in stable companies or, or any other type of assets, then you know there should be a relatively safe uh, approach here, especially with the interest rate environment being what it is. And it should also be said that, look, this is not something 
that is going to be a topic of conversation forever. We wouldn't be talking about this in 1980. Right. But now, with interest rates still, while they are a little higher than they've been, it's still worth considering. So, you know, the, the math, if you take the time to work through the math, it works every single time. In this interest rate environment, it is a much better decision, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, a lot to think about here. Yeah, no doubt. Kelly Lynn, you get us out of here. Yes, we're coming up next. I've got, uh, I actually have a question on a mortgage and private mortgage insurance. So we're going to tackle the opposite end of this mortgage conversation. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. Grab your shotgun, cock it back, shoot the sun until the sky is black. Now I shall hope that the sun got rhythm, cause he gon' dance when that music hit him. Like bang, bang. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.